Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. For our 100th podcast, the guest is a future police chief, county sheriff, or FBI agent. At least, it's easy to imagine that being the outcome for junior criminal justice major Will Geist. Will helps to become part of the inaugural cohort in the College to Law Enforcement Pathway Program, which Cedarville, along with Central State University, will be piloting for the next two years. Enjoy this inspiring conversation with your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, and I want to remind you to subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's program is our 100th podcast since we launched the program nearly two years ago, and more than 17,000 people have listened to our program. We're thrilled with that uh, response. Thank you for being a faithful listener, and it's my pleasure to share compelling stories with you each week. For today's program, I'm changing the focus from faculty or a former president or alumni to a current Cedarville student. My guest today is Will Geist, a junior from Springfield, Ohio, who has a passion to serve as a law enforcement officer after he graduates from Cedarville with a degree in criminal justice. I am highly confident you are going to leave today's program inspired by the youth of today. With that said, let me welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast, Will Geist. Welcome, Will. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you in the studio. And uh, for the people listening to the program, they may not be familiar with you. Maybe maybe your dad. Your dad has served here at Cedarville for quite a while. But um, to help them get to know who you are and sure. your passions to serve in law enforcement, can you start the podcast by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I am the eldest son of Alan, Alan and Lynn Geist. Mm -hmm. um, they're both graduates uh, yep. here at Cedarville University. I've had lots of aunts, uncles. Uh, aunts and uncles graduate from here. I was born in Almaty, Kazakhstan. I'm adopted. Uh, such a blessing. Mm. Um, it's totally a God thing. Yeah. Um, we can touch more on that later. Sure. Um, I grew up in Springfield, Ohio. I've uh, had great church families, both here in Cedarville, Ohio, and Springfield, Ohio. I went to school in the Clark Shawnee Local School District, uh, just down the road, really, and went to high school at Shawnee uh, High School. Okay, so in the township. As I said in the introduction, you have a passion for law enforcement, and we'll mm -hmm. get to that in a little bit. But that can't be all who Will Geist is. So what other activities, interests uh, do you have as a college student here at Cedarville? Yeah, for sure. So I ran in middle school and high school, so fitness and personal wellness has been a big part of my um, older years as a, uh, a student in both secondary school and mm -hmm. here in college. So I enjoy going to the gym, uh, running. I've found a few people to run with every so often or go work out at the gym. Um, I'm a violinist. I've played violin for 13 years now. Really? I really enjoy that. I did uh, orchestra with Professor Elias my freshman year. I continued. I've done private lessons uh, every semester, so studied under Professor Elias and uh, honed that, that skill that God has uh, allowed me to have, and that's uh, a big part of my life. So I love music. I love um, exercise. You know, I'm aware of your life a little bit because of my connection with your, your dad, for sure. Um, one thing, um, you're a criminal justice major, but also maybe you started also um, with an interest in Spanish because you took Spanish for a lot of years mm -hmm. in high school. Um, how can learning Spanish and being somewhat fluent, if not fluent in Spanish, mm -hmm. 
help you as you um, pursue a, year, a career in law enforcement? For sure. Um, as we're, we're seeing, there's uh, a growing Hispanic population here in the United States. Yeah. And anywhere you go, you're bound to encounter someone from the Hispanic culture who speaks Spanish. Uh, Spanish is their primary language right. or at, in the least uh, um, prominent secondary language for them. So being able to connect with um, Spanish speakers in that way in the capacity as a law enforcement officer will help build bridges in the community, help form positive connections between um, a Hispanic family who might not be comfortable with law enforcement because of prior experiences in perhaps a native country in South right. America where right. law enforcement is, there's a totally different perspective, excuse me, on um, law enforcement. So having that Spanish will help me, I believe, connect with a community. Help How me. fluent aren't you, are you in Spanish? Puedo hablar español um, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, I, can, I can speak it. Uh, proficiently. That's great. I believe, so. Yeah, that's going to serve you well because as a law enforcement, one of the things that you need to do as a law enforcement, I believe, is to build bridges with the community. Right. That's that, what we want to do. And that will help. Relations. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I, well, I want to go back to uh, something that you mentioned earlier, and that was about being adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that um, the Geist, uh, you've, been in, you've been with the Geist for, since you were eight or nine months old. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. Th- these are your parents. Mm-hmm. How is the time been for you growing up here in Ohio? I mean, it's all you know, but mm-hmm. tell me about the, the, the life as an adopted uh, son. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it, it really differs too much from any of my friends that I've grown up with. I might look a little different, but I, I've, I've grown up here. This is my nation. This is my community. These are my communities, right. the people I love. Um, you know, I, you know, sometimes people think about, you know, have asked, what do you think about your birth, your birth parents? Where are they? And I, you know, I've, I've prayed for them. And I pray that they found the gospel, you know, and it's one of those things that you can't, I've chosen not to dwell on um, too much because, you know, sometimes it can be depressing, you know, just thinking, you know, I was an orphan, you know, so what in a, what a a comparison to the gospel, you know, God adopted me as his son and I've literally, what no better picture than my father adopting me as his own son. So um, anyways, Sorry. No, that's great. That, that leads me to, that's really yeah, leading so. me to my next question. But as, as, uh, as part of this family, um, in some ways it's an extra special mm-hmm. blessing because, you know, I, I wasn't chosen by my parents. Mm-hmm. You, you were chosen by your parents. That has to yeah. mean extra special things, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it, but for grace and the yeah. grace of God, um, you know, it's just one of those things that it's impossible to fathom you know, there's some nights you just sit in bed and like, wow, yeah. if, if I hadn't, if it hadn't been this family, you know, who knows where I could be. I could still be an orphan on the streets in right. a developing nation, former USSR, you know, and then I'm here blessed with a, a Christ loving family who yeah. puts Christ at the forefront at, of everything. You know, it's unfathomable. Yeah, unfathomable to me. That's, so. that's a great perspective, and I'm going to take a pause back just briefly. Mm-hmm. So for for those listening to the podcast, I'm talking with Will Geis, and if there's ever a reason to be optimistic, encouraged, and thankful for what the future generation is going to bring to our our world, Will Geis is a classic example of that optimism because he is articulate, he loves Jesus, and he cares for people, and so. Uh, I think you're going to get th- that sense as we continue with the podcast. So, Will, you mentioned, you know, you, you, you drew the parallel between 
being adopted by your family and be adopted by God. Can you share with us your spiritual journey that when mm-hmm. and how you met Jesus? Yeah, so that said, you know, growing up in a Christian home, I've always been around Christians. My grandparents uh, are such a blessing and are Christians. So anytime I've been around my family, you know, whether it's even a meal, you know, prayers before meals, um, Christ has always been at the center of family, of our family. Um, but I became a Christian when I was about five years old, you know, a lot, of, you know, as a lot of Christian families have, you know, their kids go to church with them. Right. I did that. Um, asked my mom to help lead me to the Lord. Yeah. Understood that I was a sinner. I understood that I needed to repent and accept Jesus as my Lord. And I did that. And I think at that time I understood that I was saved, but it really wasn't until like my middle school, high school years that I really grasped what okay. that meant for my life, how that impacted me on a daily basis how that set me apart from others who might not know the Lord and then allowed me to live for the Lord. So really high school and then even into college has really solidified, you know, you've been saved by grace. And now it's your time to take a hold of your own faith and run with it and do things for the Lord. So from your time at Cedarville, you've been here two years now, you're starting your third. what has the Lord used here at Cedarville that to help you grow spiritually? Mm-hmm. So dorm life is a, a big deal here at Cedarville. Um, I could have commuted. I decided I didn't want to commute to experience that dorm life. Um, so having good Christian men and, you know, if I were a woman, good Christian women. Sure. And even outside of the dorms, good Christian men and women encouraging you in the faith um, has been um, such a good spiritual development for me. Chapel is unlike anything you could ever experience, I think. Um, you're just worshiping um, worshiping Jesus right. with 4,000 other students, right. with this great chapel band, um, with great speakers yeah. who want to teach from the Bible. And, you know, COVID threw a wrench in that last year, but even, you know, we, we were able to worship outside for chapel and it eventually got back into into the chapel, which was a blessing as well. But having chapel reinforce what you're learning in the classroom or bolstering your faith and encouraging you is a huge help in spiritual development. Yeah. And chapel, I I think you'd agree, is the heartbeat of Cedarville University, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Every morning. You know, I think one of the things that some students might fear about coming to Cedarville is chapel. You know, it's required, but it it doesn't matter, really. Most of us want to come here and we want to go to chapel because it's just exciting. It's one of the most, it's the ex- most exciting part of the day, I think, other than classes maybe. But that's why, you know, you get up in the morning, you, you go to worship and be teached and taught and preach the word. Um, so I think it's, it's great. That's fabulous. I want to shift um, our podcast now a little bit more into the law enforcement and, and get, to, get to know really... Um, mm-hmm. What pulled you in the area of law enforcement? What, what grabbed your interest? Because uh, I know when something grabs your interest and your attention and focus, you're all over it. So mm-hmm. why law enforcement? So it's interesting. I've sort of been all over the place growing up, like what I want to mm-hmm. do. Um, it really wasn't until I think uh, mid-high school years that I really decided I wanted to do law enforcement. Um, so in the third grade, there was one time we, I was with, uh, it was an indoor recess time. Um, 
and the teachers needed people to guard the stage that um, kids weren't allowed to be on, you know, at our third grade age, you know, yeah. people could fall off or whatever. So she assigned students to go and, you know, protect the stage. So that was one little fun little thing that I was like, oh, this is sort of fun, you know, making sure people are safe and helping enforce what uh, a leader wants or something like that. So that's a little story. Mm -hmm. um, just wanting to protect people. I've always had a desire to protect people. Um, my grandparents served in the military. My um, dad on my, my grandpa on my dad's side served in the Air Force. He eventually made it up to a senior master sergeant rank um, as a security police chief in mm -hmm. um, South Korea. So that's a big inspiration to me. Mm -hmm. um, my, my papa on my mom's side was in the army. So having both of them having military backgrounds also piqued my interest a little about the mil military at one point. Um, but in high school, I wanted to be, middle school and high school, I wanted to be a pilot for a little bit of time. Did you? Uh, but I decided that the science and math really isn't, aren't my strong suits. I was more of a social studies, liberal arts guy. Okay. I uh, loved to read, uh, learn about the government, how the government functioned, um, the branches of government, etc. So learning that science and math weren't my strong suits, and then, but still wanting to think about at that point i was still thinking about um you know being an airline pilot or something just but moving away from that i had a a neighbor across the street who was a commercial airline pilot he always talked about the air marshals so that piqued my interest at mm. law enforcement of the skies type deal yeah so that sort of started the ball rolling towards law enforcement and serving communities i can't really pinpoint an exact point when i wanted to join law enforcement but it's been a passion, and then college has really solidified um, that passion to join law enforcement. And you mentioned the air marshals. I know you were also at one point interested maybe in the FBI, mm -hmm. maybe Capitol Hill Police. Mm -hmm. But today, if you had to choose where you're going to be, what's it going to be? You know, there's thousands of agencies out there. You have uh, local level, county level, state level, uh, federal level. To start out, I would love to be a deputy sheriff somewhere here in Ohio. I've loved um, growing up here in Ohio. You go to any county and all the uniforms are the same, um, so you know who the county level right. um, law enforcement is. So I've always enjoyed uh, rural areas, you know, running cross country, running through fields over hills uh, in forests has always um, made me an outdoorsy person. So. Working in the country would be really cool, which is a great opportunity for um, someone who's interested in okay. a county agency. So sure. probably a county agency somewhere in, here in Ohio would be. And really then from awesome there, who knows out. what? Yeah, who knows whatever the Lord wants. So um, I think being a U.S. Marshal, Deputy Marshal would be really cool. That'd Moving up to the federal level um, in some capacity would be awesome one day. So, you know, I've gotten to know you a little bit this year, this past summer. One thing I notice about you, Will, is... Um, you strike me as a leader. So what are what have been some ways where you've learned leadership here at Cedarville University? Some activities, some programs, some organizations maybe you're a part of? Mm -hmm. So I'd say leadership probably more started last year, um, being inherently involved in like an organization. I was um, 
chosen to be a representative for the history and government department okay. on the student academic advisory board. So um, that's a role where we help voice student opinions about academic matters and take those matters to the academic vice president, Dr. Mack, here at the university. So that's one opportunity I got to learn uh, how to lead, got to see our leaders in that organization. Um, I was a public relations officer for Spanish Club, um, so got to work with the president and vice president of Spanish Club here at the university, um, saw how they led and learned uh, what to do, um, sometimes what not to do. You know, we learn from each other's mistakes. I learned from my own mistakes. So sure. those are two opportunities. Um, last year also, I got to, um, I was hired as a cadet officer here for, or a student officer for the um, campus security department. So that helps me um, uh, define leadership in a mm -hmm. different way as more of servant leadership, yeah. uh, being able to serve others. I'm able to make decisions uh, that help benefit the university on a small scale usually. Mm -hmm. um, but it helps, it allows me to be independent, but uh, be a leader for others here yeah. on, on campus. So is this the job that you, like this past summer, you were a full-time mm -hmm. uh, campus security officer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have to ask you this question then. And um, this is a serious question, but maybe a little humorous too. Mm -hmm. So um, I heard a story that um, your dad, Dr. Geis, was driving on campus one day and um, somehow you were watching him drive on campus and maybe he rolled through a stop sign or whatever and then you called him right then and said, Dad, you didn't stop at that stop sign. Is that a true st story? I I was sitting in a, you know, we have lots of traffic circles, you know, up to buildings. I was uh -huh. sitting in a lot and I noticed, you know, living with him for 20 years, I've gotten to know <laughs> what cars he drives. So right. I see the style of car that zipped by and I noticed that he, it was his license plate and I was like, it was, I was like, dad, you might be going a little quick. Oh, you're <laughs> so, going too fast too. A little quick, yeah. So um, just called him up and it was all, all in good fun. Absolutely. So, so um, um, now let's, let's say 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, I'm still driving. You're on, you're at some <laughs> other officer or mm -hmm. location and I, I get pulled over by you by for speeding. Mm -hmm. Would you just give me a warning? I think it would depend on a lot of things. Your, Will, we're your friends. Traffic history. Well, there's there's lines sometimes. <laughs> so, no, but um, there's uh, being a law enforcement officer entails a great a great amount of discretion. So that's one of the things in campus security I'm learning is how Good. to um, build positive discretion yeah. and use my discretion in a way that's not harmful to another, but enforces the rules, but provides grace at the same time. Um, so so Colin Mishpat, if you've ever heard those terms from no. the Old Testament, two words oh, yeah, yeah. for justice. Yes. Um, so letter of the law and the spirit of the yeah. law. So balancing, trying, learning to balance those. Two. So if I have a clean driving record, you'll probably let me go the first time. With a warning, probably. I'll take so. that. That's good. I'll, I'll play this podcast <laughs> down the road when I yeah. need it. But uh, no, in all seriousness, um, so there's a new pilot program in mm -hmm. the state of Ohio called the College to Law Enforcement Pathway. Just right. Governor DeWine just announced it uh, this summer mm -hmm. um, that you're interested in participating. Yeah. Why, can you ex briefly explain the program and why mm -hmm. this program is of interest to you? Yeah, so this is a, a, a two-year program. They'll be opening it to seniors uh, this year. But it's a two-year program that seeks to um, create a qualified, pre-qualified pool of candidates for mm -hmm. Uh, law enforcement to be hired on um, local law enforcement agencies. Um, so to do that, you'd 
Um, this is a pilot program between Central State University and Cedarville University. So from what I've heard, you will interview with faculty at both of the universities. Right. And that will be your sort of the step in and deciding factor whether to, you're even um, able to get into the program. So assuming that goes well, um, I would go through a typical uh, law enforcement hiring process, which right. would include your physical exams, medical exams, polygraph exams, background history check, um, the whole shebang. Right. So, which is awesome because you're able to do that while you're in college and not take time out of your senior year, perhaps, or even a, a six months to a year after you graduate, just waiting for um, all of your hiring, the hiring process to go through. So you're doing it while you're. Um, in school during your junior year. Right. So if you do that and everything goes through and passes and um, you meet all the standards, um, you'll be eligible. You're eligible for the program. You're in the program. Um, while you're in there, there's professional uh, development um, seminars and different things that I've heard they'll be putting on, mm -hmm. a leadership development, uh, physical fitness programs they'll help put together, and you'll with you'll be able to work out like with your cohort, um, anyone who's hired into the program. And then uh, one one big thing is you'll be paired with a mentor mm -hmm. uh, from any of the law enforcement agencies that have signed on, which there's 12 or 13 so far that have signed on. And That's statewide. State, uh, statewide, yep. Mm -hmm. So you have Franklin County like over in Cl that surrounds Columbus, Columbus right. um, Xenia Police Department, the Ohio State Highway Patrol, the mm -hmm. statewide agency, right, right. Uh, ODNR, the Natural Resources yeah. uh, Law Enforcement Division. So they would pair you with um, a manager from one of those departments. Um, so someone like chief, deputy chief, right. um, lieutenant sergeants, someone with um, a good record right. who has exhibited good leadership, mm -hmm. and they will help mentor you during right. those two years. So it's kind of like a on-the-job mentoring program that actually one of the great benefits of the program is once you go through it, you're guaranteed job placement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So once you get through the program, assuming you graduate with your bachelor's, um, you get to choose from those agencies where right. you'd like to go. Assuming they want you, it's um, they want you, you want them, right. and it will be a mutual decision yeah. to join. And you'll be hired on as a as a new officer. You'll still have to go through an academy and all that, but the basic hiring process is done. You can go straight yeah. into training and the job. So that's a great that's a great program that Governor Dwyer initiated. It's mm -hmm. with Cedarville and Central State Universities, as you may have mentioned. But uh, I don't know if you were aware of this, uh, so I should share this with the um, podcast listeners that. Um, shortly after this program was announced, Will did a, a few media interviews talking about the program, and one officer from Northeast Ohio reached out on social media and said, basically, once Will has graduated, I'm ready to hire him. So he was really impressed by by how um, poised you were, how, how articulate you 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 were with the the store the program, and so that's a great attribute to, to you, Will. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I know you'll do well. So you mentioned earlier about um, working in campus security during mm -hmm. the summer and during the school year part-time. How ha have your experiences working here on campus helped you and helped you grow as a future law enforcement mm -hmm. officer? I mentioned um, discretion. You yep. get um, 
a lot of not a lot of discretion but the discretion is a part of the job naturally sure we're not a police agency we're a security private security agency which means we operate under different rules and regulations than a law enforcement agency would. right i'm not a sworn officer of the law um, i help promote the university's educational mission um, through my duties um, i perform traffic stops and right. stuff like that but they're just on university property so you get that physical aspect of the job that really prepares you um, and gives you some experience in the field that way for example uh, customer service interacting with people making sure um, you're a servant leader yeah. um, just there's no job too small for us there's no job that's beneath us yeah um, we want to be there for everyone in their time of need so um, also logs reporting i'm learning good report writing skills i've I'm being able to uh, be, I get to be critiqued by um, senior officers in the department, my captain, my, our chief, Bruce Upchurch, um, and they provide positive feedback for me to help me be better at the job yeah. and to prepare me for a real world, real world, real world job as well yeah. for me. So. You're, you're, you're going to make a great police officer, a law enforcement officer, uh, just given your, your nature and your experience already. Um, one thing that I think also is helping you is, you have the opportunity to learn under two of the best. Mm -hmm. You get to learn under Dr. Patrick Oliver, the former chief of police of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. You get to learn under uh, Professor Steve Meacham, mm -hmm. who spent 30 plus years with the New York State um, Police. Mm -hmm. um, what have these guys taught you in your year or two with these guys? They've taught me a ton of things. Uh, Dr. Oliver was um, probably the point person in my decision to come here to Cedarville as well as you know, my visit and my right, parents and right. my just overall experience. But I got to sit down with him um, and he explained, you know, the criminal justice program here at Cedarville. We had breakfast one morning. Yeah. He said, um, explain the traits of a, a good law enforcement officer. And I was like, I can do that. You know, I can be that um, through the Lord's power and grace. I can be that. But um, so... He was the one who wrote me into the, not wrote me into the program, but encouraged me to come along and inspired me to come here to Cedarville. He was part of that process. Um, they've just taught me that integrity um, should come and uh, pretty much above all else. Right. Um, and the importance of integrity, um, the importance of hard work and teamwork and to be performance driven. Um, they've taught me, you know, their experiences. They shared what's, what works, what doesn't work. Um, they have diverse experiences they do. of themselves, which is awesome to learn from them. Um, Dr. Oliver has a great approach in his classes to administration. Professor Meacham is more of the, I would say, practical aspects of criminal law, criminal procedure, okay. criminal evidence, criminal investigations. investigations. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, his, that's, big, his that's his big class, yeah, as yeah. a former senior investigator from the New York State Police. So just the combined experience of the two of them is incredible and then we also have a great adjuncts that come in as well and help right. us um, so they know they have great connections to help us yeah. network and um, teach us the best they can so. any regrets of coming to cedarville mm -mm. no not at all not at great all. so um we just have time for a few more questions and i'm going to combine uh, two of my questions into one and that is you just mentioned about um you learned through dr oliver about the the important traits of a law, a good law enforcement officer. So my question, first of all, is what are those traits? Mm -hmm. And then 
personally, what strengths do you bring that mesh with those traits? Yeah, so he identifies an introduction to criminal justice as one of his classes, the five uh, traits of an effective, effective law enforcement officer. Those are integrity, service orientation, human relations skills, team, compati- team compatibility, and then being performance driven. Um, high school cross country is one of those things that taught me how to be performance driven, how yeah. to strive for excellence, how to strive to be the best I can be. Um, team That also taught me team compatibility, how to work with a team. Leadership opportunities here, the clubs and organizations I'm a part of teach me how to function better with others. Um, campus experience, uh, campus, excuse me, Campus security teaches me how to work well with the team. Uh, I work with up to three people a night, up to two people, three of us total. So learning effective communication, how to work with people that um, you might not no, had never otherwise found yourself in a, any sort of relationship with. Um, human relations skills and service orientation. Yeah. Um, that comes from the gospel first and foremost, I think. Um, all these come from the gospel first and foremost. But... Um, I have a um, background in customer service and uh, service skills from the restaurant food service industry. Yeah. I'm served here in Chuck's. Chuck's. I served in Springfield and um, at Rudy Smokehouse. So those are, have um, been very formative in my uh, experiences. And then integrity comes from the gospel. So I I just, uh, I want to reiterate what I said earlier um, that, uh, if you're ever discouraged about where we are in life and the next generation, just spending time with Will Geis will erode that because he is refreshing to be with. He has great insight and uh, at a young age, and so um, I'm encouraged. Will, um, thanks for joining me on the podcast. My last question to you is this. Um, at the heart of the Cedarville Stories podcast, our purpose is to tell Cedarville stories for God's glory. Mm-hmm. How do you hope or believe that you are bringing God glory through all that you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope, you know, in this podcast, I hope that this can reach people who might be interested in the criminal justice program. Um, I hope this can show people that um, the gospel needs to be at the center of everything that we do. It needs to be at the center of everything I do. And I'm not perfect in that, but I should be. And by God's grace, I'm learning how to do that. And I hope to continue to be um, doing that and learning to live for, for the Lord. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us uh, this week. Um, best wishes as you pursue your junior year at Cedar, Cedarville University. Um, I'm glad you have thank two you. more years left. Thank you. I'm excited. So. And um, thanks for joining me this week on the podcast. Thank you, Mr. Weinstein. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.